Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. We are excited to be starting our new series, The Battle You Must Win Today. Has someone ever asked you this question? What were you thinking? And if you're honest, it's not really a question. It's a judgment. It's a criticism. Maybe you've asked yourself that same question. What was I thinking? And your thoughts have led you to a place that you didn't plan on going to. And so we're going to start to unpack this idea of looking at our thought life. I don't know if you realize this, but your thoughts run your life. And what is normal is not always healthy. There's also a spiritual aspect to your thinking. Whether or not you have recognized it, your thought life is a high stakes spiritual battleground. So we're going to begin to explore what it looks like to follow Jesus in our thought life, the battle that we're in, and the battle that we must win. Here's a statement. The product of your life is determined by the pattern of your thoughts. Let me say it again. The product of your life is determined by the patterns of your thought. The outcome, where you go in life and how you get there in life is determined by the pattern of your thoughts. In my experiences, unhealthy thought patterns destroy three things, peace, purpose, and personality. I don't know if you've experienced that kind of uh, mental anguish when your thoughts are running wild, when they're unhealthy, when they're out of control, you lose your peace. Sometimes when we have unhealthy thought patterns, we lose our purpose We don't feel like we have meaning. We feel like giving up. We don't feel like there's a point in going on and doing certain things and sometimes even at worst going on with life. And finally, unhealthy thought patterns can destroy our personality. And we could say, hey, I didn't quite feel like myself or I wasn't myself or other people would say, you're not the normal you. And this is a why is it is so important to look at our thought patterns and our thought life. Unless we partner with God in the area of our thought life, let me give you a couple of scriptures. We cannot understand God, 1 Corinthians 2.15. We cannot trust God, Proverbs 3.5. We cannot please God, Romans 8.8. And we cannot know God, 2 Corinthians 10.15. Let me reverse that. When we partner with God, It is the only way to understand God, to trust God, to please God, and to know God. And I hope that no matter where you are in your journey with Jesus, that you want to do those things, to understand, trust, please, and know God. And so the passage of scripture that we want to start with today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. And we're going to read this. You can read along if you want. Verse 3 to verse 6, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. And so we're going to have a look at this passage and unpack it. But the first thing that I want to say is we have thousands of thoughts running through our minds every day. And we don't often know with what to do with all of these thoughts. A couple of studies, one from Queen's University in Canada and the other from the University of Minnesota in the USA, says this, the average person has 6,000 thoughts per day. So we've got 6,000 thoughts per day. Of those 6,000, 500 are unwanted and intrusive thoughts. 90 of those 6,000 are unacceptable and unhealthy thoughts, and 65 are what people would describe as ugly and evil thoughts. So we've got thousands of these thoughts running through our minds every day. Some are unhelpful, unhealthy, others are ugly and even evil, but we don't know what to do with them. Let me give you uh, an illustration. Well, let me give you a scenario. So pigeons are one of the most common birds on the planet, found in pretty much every continent, and uh, they're very common, sometimes called the rats of the sky. Don't know if you're a pigeon fan. But let me give you this scenario. You are walking down the street, and as you're walking down the street, this pigeon does a poo on you. It does a dump on you. And that it connects with your body. And then what is your logical response? Is your logical response to say, a pigeon has pooed on me, therefore I am poo? Does that sound reasonable or logical or warranted given the situation? I know it's a little bit of an out there scenario, but this is sometimes what we do with our thoughts. Sometimes if we have a bad thought and unhelpful unhealthy or evil thought, we're not sure what to do with it. And sometimes we accept that it's part of who we are. Just like the bird pooing on you and saying, I am poo. When we get an evil thought coming or unhealthy, unhelpful, we say we are evil, we are unhealthy. And that is not God's intention. See this passage here, it says we take captive every thought found in verse 5. And so one of the things that we need to understand is not that you have a bad thought or an evil thought, but what should I do with those as a Jesus follower? I don't know what your experience is with church. I don't know how long you've been in church. But uh, the Apostle Paul here is talking about spiritual warfare. And when I say that, what does that mean to you? Now, uh, I'm sure if you've been in church for a while, particularly like Pentecostal, charismatic churches, you may uh, be aware that there are people who just who love to pray and sometimes we'll get together in a prayer meeting or have a big prayer session. We might speak in the language of the Spirit. Uh, we might take authority over the th- some things. I w- I've been in a, a whole bunch of those. One time this guy in the prayer meeting even dressed up as William Wallace from Braveheart. And that's cool. That's a bit of theater. 
a bit of excitement there. But what we want to talk about today is the definition of spiritual warfare in its most simple form. And sometimes we can think that spiritual warfare is for those super spiritual people that dress up like William Wallace or know how to pray for hours and hours. And we can think that that's not us and we can have a bit of a them and us mentality. But this passage is directing us to a powerful truth about spiritual warfare. And I hope that as I share it with you, it will inspire you. It will show you how you are already doing it and it will inspire you that it is a key, a massive key to a thriving life with Jesus. And so here's what I want to say. Spiritual warfare in its simplest form is truth versus lies. Spiritual warfare in its simplest form, truth versus lies. Let me explain. The devil, our adversary, is a liar. John 8, 44. This is Jesus speaking. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so what the devil wants to do, even the earliest story of the devil's work in Genesis, he questions the truth of God. He says this statement, did God really say? That's what he says to Adam and Eve. And he wants to question our knowledge of God. He wants to question, he wants to twist He wants to lie about what is real and what is true and who we are and who God has called us to do. So the devil is a liar. This is truth versus lies. And Jesus is truth. He says, John 14, 6, the first part, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And let me give you three foundational truths of life with Jesus. We've been talking about these in different settings in the last couple of weeks. But here they are. First one is, I am loved. I have value. The second one, I am part of God's family. I belong. And the third is, I have purpose. And so spiritual warfare is the battle to accept the truth of God in your life. It's truth versus lies. It's the battle to accept the truth of God in your life. Now, does that mean that we, I don't know if you know that picture of like, Someone with uh, on one one side of their shoulder is the devil or a demon. On the other side is an angel. Do you think that every time I get a bad thought that it's a a demon whispering in my ears? No, I, I don't think that. I think that that's possible. But what we need to understand is that the devil is the inspiration. It says he's the father of lies. Who knows that our culture lies to us? Our culture promises things that cannot be delivered. It promises peace. It promises purpose. It promises pleasure. It gives it to us for a short time, but it doesn't last. So our culture lies to us. We lie to ourselves. And yes, there are evil and demonic forces at work. A Catholic theologian puts it this way, the triple alliance, the world, which is the enemy around us, the flesh, the enemy within us, the devil, the enemy above us. The devil as the father of lies. So here's what I want to say in the truth versus lies battle. 
that one of our primary responsibilities as a Jesus follower is to forcefully reject, forcefully reject thoughts that are unhelpful, unhealthy, and evil. This is my job. This is your job. This is every Jesus follower's job is to forcefully reject thoughts that are unhelpful, unhealthy, and evil. The Bible says to take captive every thought. This is action language. This is military language. This is battle language. This is why it is a battle we must win. And so when we've got this pigeon pooing on us, we want to wipe it off. We want to go a different direction. Or after a while, we want to get a shotgun and we want to take out that pigeon. We can't let the pigeon take a dump on us. And what I'm saying is with our thoughts, sometimes we're too passive about allowing these thoughts to have space in our minds and not rejecting them as false. And how do we know what is false? Things that come and say, you are not loved. You do not have value. You do not belong. You do not have purpose. These are things that we know are untrue from the word of God. And there are things that we cannot allow. We need to forcefully reject these thoughts that are unhelpful, unhealthy, and evil. And we need to align them with the truth of Jesus and the word of God. But I want to go a little bit deeper and say that the problem is actually much deeper than just individual thoughts. In India, in Jodhpur, northwest India, there is a, a fort. It's called Marengara Fort. And it's a huge place. It's located on the top of a, a hilltop. You can Google it. You can see some images of it. And it's 1,200 acres in size. It's an amazing structure. And it was constructed in about 1459 and has continued to be built across generations for 500 years within it. There are several brilliantly crafted and decorated palaces, including the Moti Mahal, Ful Mahal, Shisha Mahal, so the Pearl Palace, Flower Palace, and Mirror Palace. And here's what's interesting. The Apostle Paul in this passage, he uses the word stronghold. He uses this word. And what he's talking about in this context is the stronghold of our established patterns of thinking. And he uses that word stronghold to define the power of the patterns of our thinking. Like this fort, it's incredibly strong. It's built over time. And it's often multi-generational. We often inherit the thought patterns of our parents and grandparents and the generations before us. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of the concept of a six-word memoir. It's a life story told in six words. And so uh, I've asked a bunch of people about what do you think, what kind of thought patterns are holding you back? And I've created a bunch of Six-word strongholds. And I want to read them to you. And I want you to reflect on which one of those would resonate. Number one, six-word strongholds. I'm not worthy of love. It wasn't perfect. I gave up. Tried pleasing people who didn't care. Not pretty enough to be loved. Life is about getting more stuff. 
I'm afraid of repeating the past. It's all up to me. I'm lonely in a crowded room, trying things to numb the pain. I'm never as good as them. Life is winning all the time. I don't feel I belong anywhere. People just don't get me. I'm addicted to being successful. I never get over what happened. I slow down, I fall down. Feel sad most of the time. I am what I achieve and I'm not doing enough to be enough. So these are descriptive of the types of patterns of thinking that can become strongholds, that can limit us. What do they limit us from doing? From knowing God, from experiencing freedom in God, from enjoying our life, from enjoying, from being free and enjoying the life that God has intended for us. But I want to say that there is good news, that this passage, even though these are strongholds, this passage talks about divine power. It says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And as strong as these patterns of thinking, generational patterns of thinking might be, God is saying, I have power that is strong. Stronger than these strongholds. Proverbs 21, 22 says this, A wise man assaults strong cities and demolishes the fortress in which the ungodly trusted. This is what God has called us to do, to demolish fortresses which take away from our knowledge of God, which try and replace our trust for God with trust in other things. And in this passage, the idea of a battle is a sustained metaphor. And here's what I want to say. The battle that we are in, most of us didn't know that we were in. And the battle we must win is the battle we didn't think we were in. We are in a battle of truth versus lies, strongholds, and we've got to take authority. We've got to use weapons. Listen to some of this language. It says weapons. The weapons are, some scholars have described it as siege engines, meaning these powerful contraptions that are used to demolish castles and strongholds and forts. Demolition, strongholds, fortresses, fortified vantage points. Verse number five, to take prisoner, to carry off into captivity. You know, you and I, we are called to use action to take prisoner, to carry into captivity thoughts that don't belong, that are lies, that are limiting us. Verse 5, we need to have a battle plan and we need to have an opposing deny, uh, depose, opposing design. Verse 6, we need to be at the ready. Are you at the ready? Are you ready to take action against things that are contrary to the plans and purposes of God? We need to destroy the structure, destroy the stronghold. We need to rise up to put away passivity, anxiety, self-reliance, and create a battle plan to access the divine power of God. I hope this excites you with the prospect of being free, being released, to love God, to serve God, to love others, to enjoy the life that God has 
intended and created for you. And so let me finish with something that's really practical. At City Lights, one of the things, our mission is about following Jesus for the renewal of our city. And I don't believe that we can see renewal in people's lives unless we help people learn what it is to have mental renewal, to renew the mind. Romans 12, the first part of verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so here's what we've got to do. We've got to understand there is a process for renewing the mind. And the process is this. First, to recognize. Second, to reject. Third, to replace. And fourth, to repeat. And so we understand that in this process, we're seeking truth the truth of the person of Jesus, and the truth of the Word of God. So the first thing that we want to do is to recognize the strongholds. What are your six-word strongholds? If you could define those, what would you say? Are they around value, acceptance, self-reliance, perfectionism, body image? approval of others, loneliness, depression, family history. What are those things? We need to seek God and identify, recognize what those strongholds are, what those lies are. The second thing we need to do is we need to reject them. We need to call them out as lies. We need to use, take action and take force and say, hey, this is not true. This is limiting me. The third thing that we need to do is replace them. Replace them with the truth of God. Now, if you're just starting your journey with Jesus, then what I want to encourage you to do in this aspect is partner with someone. Get someone that you know, maybe someone from your connect group, maybe a leader to help you work out what the truth is that can take the place of the lie that you're believing. And then fourthly, We want to simmer. We want to repeat. We want to simmer on the truth, just like you were putting some uh, a bit of soup on a on the uh, the stovetop. We want to simmer with the truth. And so, our hope is when you do this, your mind will be renewed. You can follow this process to recognize, reject, replace, and repeat. Here's what I want to encourage you that these thought patterns, when we address them, that we will see our lives to be filled with peace, to be filled with purpose, and for us to be restored in our personality, to be comfortable, to be aligned with God's plans and purposes for our life, to be at rest, to know that God has got things in control, and to know what it is and to experience the love and the kindness of God. Let me pray together. God, I thank you. And I thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit that is being released on everyone who is hearing the sound of my voice. Lord, you can do things through your Holy Spirit that we cannot. And we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the healing that you're bringing. We thank you for the divine power to demolish these strongholds, to take captive these thoughts. And we bless you for it. 
In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community. Thank you.